in progress. It's Rusty Diamond, motherfucker. Yo, man. Boom, Miss Rusty. Boom, Miss Rusty. Boom, Miss Rusty. Boom, Miss Rusty. Well, I'm going to find a spot where that works. And then I'm going to look back at these videos, but I probably won't. So anyway, it is Monday morning. Welcome to the Public Access Podcast here on the Quantum Global Broadcasting Network, QGBN. I'm your host, Rusty Diamond. Uh, if you haven't heard me before, I guess I have to introduce myself. So yeah, uh, if you haven't heard me, so it's, I'm Rusty Diamond. And you know what? You know what? I'm just going to get right into it because it's Monday and I want to get started on this because it's Monday. And Monday, you got to go, 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 because I got four podcasts today. Well, three, actually, now. I had one, but didn't happen this morning. So three. So we're going because I want to go and I want to get to meet people. And I want to bring on special guests. And I'm going to bring on a special guest right now. Right here, right now, like that song. Uh, you know, you know the song. You know the song. I I'm gonna bring him on. I should have hit that earlier because I found out it takes a minute for it to pop through and really get going. But here he is, Sam Mitchell. How you doing? Hey, good to be here, man. Thanks for having me on. Found you on Facebook and I appreciate the invite. Yeah, man. Um those Facebook groups, eh? Uh, they're pretty pretty all right it's a good way to get to meet some people i actually just posted another one right before the show started i'm running out of guests so um i i, I like the the place what got you to go into that group what group was it do you know which group it was was it the need a guest one either a podcast anything goes or b podcast guest connection okay so podcast anything goes i don't think i'm a part of that one i'm gonna have to rent it's a, that it's down. a good one to be part of you'll get some like once you first go but you make some lifelong friends in that group that's awesome so what what got you to join those groups well i just found out through facebook i was recommended by my mother if we want to grow we should probably join some forums i was like okay and then join them and join and here we are today <laughs> what, what kind of forums uh like Facebook forums, like groups, like groups of podcasters, a podcasters club, which I'm not a part of yet, but I plan to be at some point in my life. What's the podcasters club? I, if there's not one, that means you have to start it, right? Yeah, I, I think I bet there, I'm just guessing this one because there's a club for everything at this point. There's like a tea club where you bond over tea. So I'm guessing there's one with podcasters. Have you done the one where you bond over tea yet? Not yet. Yeah, I don't okay. I'm not a big tea drinker. So, uh, what do you like to drink? 
Do you like? Do you like? Uh, uh, I like to drink um, some. Well, water mainly, but then I don't mind cool. a pop here and there. But Dr. Pepper is probably my go-to pop. Dr. Pepper, where, where are you? Uh, are you a Mr. Pib guy at all? Or are you straight Dr. Pepper? It don't matter. As long as it's is a cherry flavored pop, it's like, eh, okay. So then cherry Coke too? No, I'm not, that... I'm not a Coke guy. I'll be honest. Not a Coke guy. So so Dr. Pepper, Mr. Pib uh, is, yep. is where you yeah, are. Okay. That's my style. Sprite's pretty good. I dig that too. Yeah, Sprite's... Uh, yeah, I can't really mess with Sprite. Sprite's always there, always pretty consistent. And yeah, so um, so you're on these sites have, and you have a podcast your own, uh, which yep. I, I think I might have a clue what the name is by something behind you. Right here, yeah. bud. Yeah. Autism rocks and rolls. And the podcast itself is about autism and how we cope with daily struggles that you may or may not understand. Rant since October 2019. I've had big guests like Dr. Brandon, professional wrestler Mick Foley, any Food Network fans out there, Simon Majumdar, and have a lot of other wrestlers like Al Snow, RVD, Raven. So hopefully those are some big guests for you. But we also grown so much that we developed sponsors for the podcast. And developed a nonprofit, which is Autism Rocks Mills Corporation, where in the nonprofit we have a board of got a count here. Give me a minute. Sure. I can't count today. Steve, Ryan, it's, it's a lot, I bet. Joe, six. Six members. Six. Hopefully okay. be eight soon. Hopefully. And we plan events in Indiana, which is where I'm from. So and we do is try to do some here and there, but mainly Indiana and the. Where are you in Indiana? Southern Central area, so is that like Indianapolis area. Yeah, yep. Like that's okay. my. It's like an, I'm an hour from it. My closest okay. town is Bloomington, so 20 minutes from that. Bloomington, and, Indiana. Okay, yeah. yeah. And then we, I also do know through the nonprofit, do motivational speaking. I've spoken in Oklahoma, Orlando, Canada, Washington D.C. I've done some schools around here couple of times so that's where'd something. you go in canada niagara falls oh okay all right well, how was uh how was that well it was fun both times we just you know because i got paid i didn't get to stay long so i'm hoping one day we can go there for a vacation because it definitely there was definitely a lot to do just you know didn't have the time to do everything there there used to be a wrestling uh like there was a WWF Niagara Falls there that used to be there on the Canada side. Maybe, I don't know when that closed down. I went there in 2005, but uh, so, so you're a wrestling fan. So you got these wrestlers on, did you just message them and you're like, Hey, I have a sweet podcast. Uh, um, well, some was that. Mick Foley was mainly through another podcast that really liked my knowledge and just thought, oh my God, he should meet this Mick Foley guy. And I was a fan of his since 10. So they kind of made a boyhood dream come true. Then Al Snow, I had a, I got to, I also do some little, like not here and there, but pro wrestling commentating. And I got to help out with the media side. And Al Snow is going to be there. And initially, we didn't think he was going to be on. We just told him about it. Well, he yeah. graciously volunteered out of cool. the blue nowhere. And we learned that he definitely has a story. He saved a boy in Destin, Florida from a riptide. 
which is actually ironically my favorite place to travel. That's in Florida. And then RVD had him via messenger. He responded because he has Facebook messenger and checks it often. So he was very interested in that. And how'd you, how'd you reach out to RVD? What'd you say to RVD? My uh, approxi approximately. Approximately like, hey man, you know, I'm on the autism spectrum. I know, you know, he, he believes in being a nonconformist, which I believe in too. We have that like-minded belief. And he was so interested in that that he came on and cool. Raven came on through my through the publicist of his and he's got a lot of personality disorders what are they called bpd borderline personality disorder narcissistic personality disorder and hysteronic personality disorder yeah, he he used to wrestle in portland uh when i was a kid uh, a whole bunch and then uh yeah I, i've had i've been on some shows with him out there and uh did a movie with him one not with him i was an extra in the movie uh but if it's this movie uh, i won't uh i don't want to say anything about it but the movie is called ultimate death match three and has al snow in it as well um but yeah it's it's interesting um that was the first thing i ever did uh, as far as any sort of movie or anything but um, yeah, I've had some actresses too. I've had um, you hear the show, and I d people have heard of it. Some haven't. It's sci-fi's show, Resident Alien. Uh, I haven't seen it. No, huh? Oh, well, you need to check it out. Start from the beginning because it's going to make sense a lot more. But we're sure. a fan of that show, and one of their actresses is a mental health advocate. So I've had the privilege of you know seeing her on TV, but again to meet this person who was phenomenal and actually came to see me in Indy. Go figure on that. And then I'm trying to give another one. I had another actress I thought, or someone on TV. I'm just trying to remember who that was. Da, 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 da. Well, that's that was the person, but this one really wasn't a actress. She's playing in some movies, but she runs an organization. It's amazing. I want to work with her more called Make a Film Foundation. Her name's Tamika Lamson, the executive director of Make a Film Foundation, where it's like Make a Wish, but with movies. Oh, that's a good idea. That's pretty cool. It's pretty awesome. What they do, I watched some of the movies, and it's almost like Hollywood style. They work with actors like J.K. Simmons, if I think that's the name, and Johnny Depp. Sure. Yeah, I mean that's that's pretty cool. So they get uh, you know can't cameos to come in and you know get to get to have the the opportunity to do that stuff. Just hop hop in a movie. That's way cool. Oh, it is. If I if I ever made a movie, I will I will I like I don't like this movie as much now because it's kind of grown out and I, you know, seen on my grandparents. But I feel like I could make a ultimate western movie. What 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 kind of western movie? Like uh like western action with a bunch of gunfighting. So would this be like uh like a tombstone kind of movie or like 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 a John Wayne or uh. Clint Eastwood kind of movie, kind of Clint or? Eastwood, John Wayne, but with more action. Definitely with okay. some popping here and there, but like more of like you make a mad, bang, bang, bang. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Um, so where where is that on your uh, future? It's endeavor? nowhere in the future. I was just saying. I was kind of it was kind of an external thought. Yeah. Yeah. What what would you do? So if you were going to make that movie. Who would you want in that movie? Well, myself. And what then, would you do? 
Oh, the villain. Hands you be down, the villain. The villain. Right. I would love yeah. to be the villain. I could be a pretty good bad guy, I think, in a movie. And then I definitely have that... um, some of my... I'm trying to think of who else. And then some other guys. Don't know who they would be. It'd be kind of like a three versus three, almost, title. Maybe that could be a title, but three good guys versus three bad guys. Three bad guys coming in and being the town. Good guys trying to protect it, but we're so bad we can't die. There's your storyline right there. So, I mean, now you have to, the, the idea is there. Now you have to, I think now you're going to have to make it. Oh, maybe. Who knows? I know um, my best friend, BJ Yoho, for the listeners, C1482 Identical Yet Opposites by BJ Yoho. He's in, he's big in the film. He's going to school right now for that. So, I mean, there you go. You got someone to work with and you can, so would you want to write it as well as be the, the main villain? No, I'm not the type of pick person who's picky. I'm just like, all right, here's the requirements. Here's what you do. If you want to modify them, go, but this is what I demand. But if you have any other requests or want to modify the demand or the movie a little bit more, I'm okay with that. Just get the basics. Where where would you want to film it? Any any desert you can think of, not like sand desert where you can barely walk, but like you know, on like a sun land, tundra, almost like New Mexico. Have you been to New Mexico? I have not, but I've seen it uh, via through pictures of the film series Breaking Bad. How do you like that show? Eh, my family loves it. Me, I like it. I don't mind watching it here and there. But it's not something I would sit down to the couch and glue on. Yeah, I mean, I I think that uh, that show has probably brought a lot of people to New Mexico. Just, I mean, you see how how beautiful that place is. Um, I was close to moving there. I was before I moved out here, but um, I lived in Utah before this, and I mean, Utah is kind of the same thing. It's that high desert, man, just like there in um in new mexico it's pretty cool it's a cool climate but so then okay um so you got this movie is set in some desert town and they're defending you got someone defending what's what's your way to break into the city to get yeah. past the good guys to get past the good guys well I mean, it's easy, like every other Western movie. You see, you ride in there with your horses, blazing gunfires all over the place. Uh, take, so what happens when you take over the town? Oh, man, that's a good question. Well, we just take over the town, kick them out, go find your own place, and uh, we, bring our we bring our people in, and we try to turn it into a better town than this place was. So does that set up for sequels, or would it be a, a one one film uh series there uh series of one but my initial will probably just be one time all right um okay so um let me go back to your podcast here so your podcast when you have guests on what uh what kind are you doing like a zoom are you doing phone calls or zoom or like something? the only rule i have is to come on the show you have to have a story so obviously part one of our mission is destigmatizing autism. So that, yeah. if that is a factor of yours or you're on the spectrum, you're automatically a good fit 
or related to the spectrum. If you're kind, that's another mission of ours, which is spreading kindness around. So if you're honestly just a nice person all year round, you're pretty much in. Or if believing success comes in all shapes and sizes. So I believe in everyone is successful regardless of the way they think or the way they look. So if you fit that bill, in my opinion, you can come on. Okay. And so um, what was the word you used that you said that you and RVD were like? Nonconformist. Nonconformist. So what, what do you see yourself as a nonconformist? Basically, and pardon the language here, but we don't give a shit what anyone else thinks of us. That's cool. what being a nonconformist is. Like, we're like, all right, you know what? We're going to do our own thing, regardless if it's popular or not. We're going to make our own choices. We're going to pick the person we want. No one's going to boss us around, unless we need to listen to them because they're, you know, higher than us, which is family or our boss in general. But we're going to figure this out our way, I think. That's what being a nonconformist means to me, at least. And that's worked pretty well for you. Yeah. I mean, I'm, the first time I came to my mother, I told her specifically, I'm starting a podcast. It wasn't rude. Like, I'm starting a podcast. It was, I'm starting a podcast. Because not conformists would be like, they're doing what they wish. They want to start their life the way they choose, make their own life. And I decided to start my life with a podcast. So told her, I'm going to start a podcast. And I'm the type of person who, when I say something, very serious and you can just tell through body language and facial expression expressions i'm going to do it <laughs> so how old were you when you started it then the podcast or the, the podcast okay podcast. Uh, well yeah how about how about both okay how about both well, the story kind of ties in so my story is throughout school and not really home but through school i had a lovely family but school i was bullied excluded so all the fun stereotypings but after sophomore year or during sophomore year yeah it was during sophomore year my apologies um i think the bear finally roared he was kind of tired of dealing with all the exclusion all the fun stereotyping and he became a nonconformist, which means all right you know what i'm not going to give a rat's ass of what anyone else thinks about me so after i did that and there are a lot of other factors but after i did the nonconformist then on my part i started making friends started becoming happy, feeling better about myself, and finding true happiness. I didn't find that for 15 years, so that was a new feeling, and it's still new, and it's so weird to explain. I wish I could, but I can't. I've tried before as well, but that's when I also started the podcast kind of during sophomore year, because freshman year, when I was at my lowest, I was, you know, lost, and we had an event at our school for my buddy, who has spina bifida, and can you know he's wheelchair bound but he's like me we're like eh whatever but just whatever yeah but anyway these people were coming out with cameras and i these cool this cool equipment and i thought ooh, you know this looks kind of cool so i asked my mother too because i was basically a scared kid at the time to go talk to them tell you what this is about and scott and scott carmichael who's my mentor said all right, listen, buddy, I think you'd be great, but there's a lot of projects going on this year. I think I'd rather prefer you to start over next year. And I was fine with that, whatever. Okay, cool. Sure. Fast forward to sophomore year, loved it. Automatically came in 
did the podcast. That was an element of it. But the podcasting just like clicked. And I made good episodes. I made great interviews that got a lot of hits. And what was odd was a lot of people hate the editing part of the podcasting. I loved it. Oh, man. You'd be my best friend. Oh, I love editing, man. I, man, it I hate it. It takes me a long time when it's an hour, but it's like, you know what? I'm enjoying myself. I'm at my own pace. I take a break. We're good to go. So yeah. anyway, cool. after I joined the podcasting, I realized junior year, I continued to join all three years. I was like, oh, shoot. I'm going to be graduating, and I can't be a media club. So the only way I knew to continue my media skills or further them was to start my own podcast. And that was so why the, what was the one in I'm sorry, what was the one in high school? Uh Thundercast. It's like so our, it's, what was was that just you or were you with other people? Other people. We all did it together. Like I would do some interviews, this other guy would do some interviews, this guy would do some other interviews. But it wasn't just me, it was a club of like very limited people, like trying to count me people. So five. Did you five? five. Did you have like a, a studio for podcasting at your school yeah fuck that's cool and i was surprised we could afford it <laughs> <laughs> sure i mean i wish i would have had that i saw that there's a tv studio by where i used to go to high school and um like maybe five six years ago they put in a podcast studio there and um yeah, man, it's crazy. So you got a podcast studio at school. You're doing this podcast. How how did you leave on your last episode of, you said Thundercast? Yeah, we kind of, well, that's kind of one together. We kind of did like, all right, old generation, old generation where the five of us introduced the new girl coming in, which was my senior year. And that's how we ended that. It's like, all right, we're passing the torch to you. Yeah. Giving her the rub. Exactly. Uh, yeah. And so, um, so then right away, you're like, okay, I'm going to start my podcast. And did you know the title right away where you just go autism rocks and rolls? Oh, no, it was, kinda, it was funny. <laughs> we had to think of a lot of titles and initially funny fact, it was going to be my stories were traveling, but then I thought, well, shoot, the problem is I don't travel a lot. Old scratch. I do, but it's not every day in my life. So I be a limited series in my opinion. So then I thought, what can I talk about every day? I went down the problems, went down like what I could talk about. Then I thought, oh, wait a minute. I'm on the autistic spectrum. I can talk about some problems there, some interview people with autism, comparison autism with the entertainment. And initially the title would be Inside an Autistic Brain. Well, we looked at that, boring, we thought. So then we went down the <laughs> list of my hobbies. And one of my hobbies is I'm a big or my interests. And one of my interests is classic rock and roll music with Elvis, Chuck Berry, Nirvana, ACDC, Nickelback are my two favorites. But then we went with, all right, rock and roll music. That's a great title. I think that's kind of cool to combine autism and rock and roll music. And we thought of titles, we tried rock and roll, taken from another company or something else. Rocks and roll, taken. Rock and rolls, taken. So we just added the S's. And we like did our deep research to figure, okay, is there nothing else titled Autism Rocks and Rolls? And we did, and there was nothing called Autism Rocks and Rolls. So that was our title we came up with after some deep digging. Who is we? 
my family, my mother and I, we're, we're a team. Oh, cool. Okay. All right. So you get this, you get the name down. What's episode one? Well, I think, well, that was a hard one to do, but I thought it would be best just to introduce myself. Like, just be like, all right, here's what we're going to talk about the rest of this episode. My name's Sam Bentley. Here's my interest. Here's what I, school I went to. Nice meeting everybody. Was that the whole episode? Yeah. A whole cool. introducing Great. myself. But then after that, we started getting to topics of autism, which were some of the struggles I had, which a couple examples I can give are, I had really bad anxiety. So a lot of anxiety I have. And this is kind of a surprise. I know I don't look like I do, but I have some anger issues. Okay. And have you found ways to work with those with um, the anxiety and anger at all? Um, anxiety, no. I still have some issues with that here and there. And anger, I would say I'm better at it to a point but I'll still like get to my limit. Sure. I mean, everyone has their limit. Like, it's not a hothead level, I guess. Yeah. But it's a mild level. It's probably like in the yellow. Like there's some who have a green where it's like higher than there's some with red who are easily tempered, flared hotheads. I'm like the middle. I'm like, I have my limits. It's like, yeah. all right, I could take so much. When I'm done taking it, we're done. That's fair. That's totally fair. And yeah, I mean, as long as you're, you know, okay with where you are and if, you know, then that's, and that's what you set, then what can you do? You know, that seems pretty all right, right there. Yeah, and so, it used to be red. I won't lie to you. Maybe I used to be hot-headed and temperament where one thing went wrong. I would probably be grumpy for the rest of the day. What have you found to kind of work with that? Well, I mean, having the limit helps. I mean, telling them, all right, I can take this much. But when we hit that limit, we're done. All right. We're salt. We're, I'm going to basically explode. I mean, and people know that I'm on the spectrum. So I'm not trying to say it's an excuse. I've done that twice. And I got ripped for it. So I'm not trying to say I have autism, deal with my anger issues. It's definitely a factor, though, because it's merely when communicating. That's one of my other issues is communication. Like non, not like speaking communication, conversing, it is an issue, entering and exiting a conversation. But the an issue is communication, which I refer to as like your eye rolling, your body language, your facial expressions, gestures. How much do you pick up? Do you pick up on those more than more, other people more do you than think? I, more than I did, but not as much anymore. The way I've learned to cope with that is I focus on the words. So you tell me, you say what you mean. Like you yeah. tell me directly, I'm mad. Don't hide it from me. Well, I mean, though, but 90% of communication is body language. I know, and that and that, that it is a struggle, but I'm picking up on it more and more as I grow. But then there's still, I'm like, uh... What did that mean exactly? And that's something else I learned to do is ask if like, okay, you just rolled your eyes. What did I do? How did I make you mad? Just tell me what I did wrong. You know, that's a really good idea. That's a great way to do it because, you know, then you, you know, and it's not just someone is, you know, building 
resentment for you for something, but you're just like, well, hey, what did I do? What's what's the matter? Let's let's take care of this right now. Move forward. Yeah. So okay. So then where were you when you thought, okay, well, I'm gonna was this after the TED talk that you're gonna turn the autism rocks and rolls into a no, nonprofit as well? So a couple people have nominated me when I was starting through the podcast. And I think after a couple of times, they started to look more like the TEDx people. Like, oh, he means business. I think it's be a good speaker. Talk to the lady. And they wanted me for a talk. And then with some of her other students, my mother did a unit on kids doing a TED talk, which I thought was phenomenal with some of these young fellows. Because I think at 14 years old, they have a lot of knowledge. And while kids are not... The sharpest tool in the shed sometimes, I'll be honest. Okay, <laughs> they, yeah. There's some out there that are bright and can live out great experiences as well and handle themselves. So I think that was cool for them to see that handling themselves and kind of being an adult for once, I guess is what you call it. But yeah. anyway, I was a part of that group and I was like the first one. They weren't going to like like put me through the eighth grade. It was just, I was first and then eighth graders came along. My talk was about structure. So fun fact, one of my episodes and for listeners see 111 pinball action. I did an episode on pinball, which actually is one of my special interests. I guess what you call it. Oh, and okay. it's funny though, the more I played pinball, I realized this could be someone on the spectrum right here. They're like, go, 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 go. Because that's me. I'm like, can be if I'm in a big environment i'm like all right we got to go here go here go here go here go here whereas they're like man man okay stay here for a minute go to the left i'm like i'm jumping all over the place but the factor is it wasn't about pinball it's about why people on the autistic spectrum need structure so that's why i called it soul structure so what kind of structures helped you well i mean a lot of visual schedules I think that's a big tool that is helpful. It's actually one of my favorites. And what else helped me as well as structure is routine. Now, obviously, it used to be red where I was like, all right, you need to tell me what we're doing for the rest of the day. All right. It has to be the same every day. But now I'm at the point where it's okay, I can be loose, but I still want some structure. I used to be like, I need an itinerary. For the day, I've got three o'clock. Here's what we're doing at 4:30. We're doing this, but then there's yellow where I'm like, all right. Depending on what it is, I can go with the flow, but there are still some stuff in life where I'm very tedious and strict on, which which happens to be the most important things in my life. So if it involves family, if it involves my education, or my job at the moment, which is this, I'm very tedious and strict on it. But if it's something like for leisure, a vacation, or just something we're doing fun for the day, I'm like, all right, eh, okay. We're we're going for it. We're just going to do it when it happens, and then I can get back to what I really want to be doing, what's important to you. Right. But if we're going to have fun for the day, I'm not going to be like, all right, we're going at 3.30, be here on 3.30. If you're late, five minutes, totally get it, whatever. I You were right on time with with your you know when you came on here this morning i appreciate yeah. that that's i know problem. that's a part of my punctuality and that's something else we can go into a lot of those on the spectrum are very punctual and yeah. i want i guess we can talk about this 
So according to the biggest autistic advocate out there, which is Temple Grandin, 70, what was the percentage? I can't remember. It was either 70 or 75% of people on the autism spectrum are not getting employed because the boss is scared or they're scared. And they're both scared for different reasons, lots of reasons. But I want to break that stigma because those people on spectrum will be some of the best employees work harder than someone who's not on the autism spectrum because they're punctual. They don't make mistakes and they don't want to make mistakes. Sometimes they want to be at the job, which you can't get that from employees. Sometimes they're going to like, Ugh, another day at Walmart versus I was like, ooh, all right. You know what? For five days, I'm going to be pushing in carts at Walmart. Sweet. Yeah. And I mean, like, that's, that's what I was saying. Like Monday morning, I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy. I'm going to, to work to, to do this. I mean, for whatever it is, um, you know, whatever, not whatever job I had, but I mean, the jobs where I'm working myself, like I'm, I'm happy to be there. Monday morning is good. Good day right there. Yeah. So then you're a hypnotist, believe it or not. I didn't think hypnotism was real until Me neither. Until um, what year was it? When did we do it? So I've been in Destin three times, actually. Uh, in Florida, you said? Yep, Destin, Florida. Best okay. vacation spot ever, in my opinion. What makes the best spot? Oh uh, well, let's see. It's tropical. There's a lot. There's an. Uh, there's not a whole. There's. It's not like overpopulated. In my opinion, like overpopulated with attractions. You, yeah. Like you can do some stuff and come back, but it's not like you don't miss anything. It's like you like you don't have any thoughts like oh man, you know I wish we could have done this. Oh man, I wish we could have done this. After your third time, once you go, you can do everything or lots of the things you want to do there in a decent amount of time. So that's one reason. And then the food, the food there. If you love seafood, I would say the best seafood in the area. What What do you like of the seafood there? Uh, I'm I'm up here up in new england so i'm getting some good seafood out here now uh, a lot better than i was getting in yeah. minnesota or utah which are well, scallops i love scallops so that's if you're asking my favorite seafood that's probably yeah. one of my favorite seafood foods yes scallops are pretty good down there in destin oh yeah their their scallops are good if you like maui maui it's just they they can fit your preference whatever the case might be yeah. And so, okay. So, um, so down in Destin and then we're before that we were saying, I didn't mean to interrupt you on that part. Do you remember? Yeah. The hypnotism, the hypnotism. Okay. Yeah. So, so anyway, my point is the third time we went, we went to a hypnotist show, you know, just because we want to do something fun for the night. And I thought initially, okay, this is going to be fun. We're going to just, just watch these people get hypnotized. It doesn't work. Well, we don't care to make asses out of ourselves. We'll, we'll get on stage and go do whatever. That's the type of people my mother and I are. Well, we were hypnotized and it worked. You went up there. Oh, I went up there. Yeah. for the And I was totally in a trance. I mean, I got embarrassed my mother a little bit. She won't mind if I tell this story. She even listeners see when I find meet my mother. But what the guy did for her was she thought that she made her think she was Shania Twain. But she totally thought that she was waving to the crowd, clapping her hands during the lip sync. It was, man, I feel like a woman. She bowed after. It was definitely comical because the whole time she thought she was Shania Twain. Did you record this? 
Uh, yeah, we recorded it, but it's in a flash drive. Sure. Okay. But so you watched this then? You watched oh, yeah. this we watched back. it after. We weren't going to initially, but after me saying some pretty funny stuff and her thinking she's Shania Twain, we were there. I mean, what's odd though is I remember the majority of the night, like me thinking that she's Shania Twain. What the heck? Me putting a bandaid on my face because I thought I was cut and he, or he said I thought I would bleed but that was odd too while I can think about it when he touched me it didn't seem like I was bleeding I didn't see oh there's blood huh but I thought I had a huge cut like I thought he like cut my face off I thought geez he just got a scalpel and cut my face the heck happened here and there was no scalpel it was just a and but I mean because uh yeah like the the stage ones I like that was the part I thought was totally just fake, but I mean, it's real. And I mean, so like, so when you went up, there was, you know, they had the whole crowd and then he brings a certain amount of people up on the stage, maybe like 10. And then he tells maybe like five of them to go back or something like that. Is that what kind of what happened? Yeah, um, not all five, the majority was there, but I think one person had to go back. One person okay. did. Because and, I think her heels were higher than him. Yeah. So that may have been the reason, or I don't have to have the attitude of you don't care to do whatever and go make an butt out of yourself. So maybe that was the reason too. Who knows? But yeah. what's funny is I don't remember. I remember a lot of the night. Like I remember doing that, but so clearly it was a rated R show. But they asked you, why are you on the Jerry Springer show? The funny thing is, though, I do not remember doing that at all. What did you say uh, about when you were on the Jerry Springer show? To make my to make my family proud for once. Go go figure. I don't know. Like, it was meant to be a joke. Like, hey, my family's not proud of me. Ha uh-huh. ha. But it was it was. I think they took it the wrong way. Like it didn't work. So that kind of happened. Wait, that what didn't work? When me saying to make my family proud for once. Oh, when he went on the Jerry Springer show? Yeah, I thought it'd be okay. funny, but it was just a bunch of crickets. Oh, well, that that's that's how my comedy goes usually. <laughs> uh, I, that's me sometimes, but my my humor is basically like nasty bathroom. That's that's good stuff there. Humor. And so so how did you feel the rest of the night then after you got hypnotized? Odd, really odd, because I Remember him the majority of the night, but that one part of me saying, oh, make me my family proud for once, no memory. And I don't remember doing that at all. And then someone had to say, you know what you said? I was like, I did. And uh, yeah, man. And it was, yeah, I mean, you'll remember most of the stuff. You could remember everything. You could remember nothing. It's all kind of kind of like varies between person to person, because I mean, um, I mean, yeah, you can hypnotize people and they have no clue that they're hypnotized. I mean, you can every time. I mean, there's this thing uh, called highway hypnosis, where have you ever been driving down the highway for like going going on a trip somewhere, and all of a sudden you're you know, an hour or two ahead. And you're like, where did all this time go? How did I get here? Does that ever happen to you? Or Oh, yeah. Like where, like you think it's 
six. And then if you look at your clock, it's nine thirty. Like that. Yeah. Yeah. One that's of those. Before. Yeah. That's uh that's highway hypnosis. I mean, I mean, so it's, you don't have to be out of it to be hypnotized. Like you were saying, like you knew what was going on, except for the, just that one little part. And, um, so, so you do that. Okay. And then, uh, so when you went on your Ted talk, you were, how old were you? Uh, definitely old expected. Uh, let me think here. Da, 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 da. 16 or 17. Oh, so you were a kid when you went on there. Yeah. Maybe 18. I can't remember hundred percent sure, but definitely still in, in grade school, like high school ish. So yeah. sophomore wow. or junior. Uh, so was this when, had you been doing the, the tiger cast yet? The, or the no, thunder, Thundercast, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, cast. I was still doing it. I was still doing it. I did Thundercast all the way up until I graduated, which was 2021. So yeah, I had the, I started Autism Rocks and Rolls junior year, still doing Thundercast while starting Autism Rocks and Rolls while starting the TED Talk or doing the TED Talk to say the least. So, I mean, that seems like that's a pretty full schedule. Uh, so, I mean, the having everything, do you have like a, a board or something? Do you have a like a, a book or something with all your, like a day planner or something? Or do you have your own system? Well, I mean, the board is, they all have their own jobs. So when we have a president, vice president, oh. board member. Oh, I mean, I'm and sorry. The book, I, I, though, you're talking about the book. Well, we no, no, I was talking about scheduling. Oh, scheduling. Yeah, I have like, a calendar. Okay, I have a calendar. Okay. I like published days and all that. But uh, I was saying with the book, yeah, we have a book coming out. I can probably spoil it. We're just trying to get you it. You have a book coming out. Okay. Published. It's um, Jerk, but you just got to make it fun and just edit, you know, do some editing to it. But it's called Journey. And this girl who's on the autism spectrum, she was obsessed, which we call practicing for future skills. Uh, um. She was more of trying to tour people while she was having flashbacks to her childhood where she, in her childhood, was, again, when I air quote, because we don't believe in this, obsessed with nature and trees. And they had to keep reminding her, of, like, we don't put caterpillars on people. So well, what do you mean you don't believe in the word obsession? I can get into that. So... We call it pricing for future skills. So a lot of people on spectrum are fixated or special interests. Mine sure. turns out to be pro wrestling. I mean, I loved oh, okay. it since I was six, haven't grown it out since. And you know, still watch Raw SmackDown. I need to catch up on it probably soon, but still watch it here, you know, every week. And they will talk about it for 24 hours, where you might be able to talk about something, your special interest, whatever that might be, for an hour. And then you might see, oh, they're not interested on it. Okay, well, let's move on to something they're interested in. No. We're like, why does not anyone like this? Why are they, why do they they not like WrestleMania? So what was it when you were six years old that got you to watch wrestling? What was it you turned on and saw or what what happened? Well, I didn't know the answer until I thought about it a long time ago. So I think what got me into it was the confidence. So, I mean, at the time, six to 15, I wasn't confident. I'll admit it. I've had low self-esteem. 
I did everything to fit in. I would do anything to fit in, even if that meant doing something wrong. And like clearly, what? I don't. I don't do that now. Clearly, I don't do anything wrong now because I feel like I have fit in. But I would do something wrong at that time frame to fit in, which if that includes flicking a kid with a rubber band, because yeah. that's what popular kids do because they're stupid sometimes. <laughs> but that's something I would do so I could be part of the group. And I didn't, and because of those confidence I didn't have, I was kind of saved by these wrestlers who did play confidence, whether they were baby faces or hero heroes or heel villains, they all had one thing in common. Even though their goals were different, their characters were different, they were confident about who they were. They knew who they were, they acted who they were. And these characters you thought were real people. You thought that I didn't have a time frame. After I went it was fake and they were actually just real human beings. But at a, at a time frame when I was a kid, I thought these are people who play confidence and these are interesting characters. Dang, this is a really cool show. So that's what kind of kept me into was that confidence level. So when other kids played, you know, as Hulk Hogan, The Undertaker, they were doing it because it was fun and they thought that they were The Undertaker. For me, it was more of, okay, I think I'm The Undertaker. But I also feel, but I mainly now feel confident. I can get a break from myself not feeling confident. I can play these characters so I can mask my low self-esteem. So what was it where were you able to kind of use that as because I mean what 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 a good wrestling gimmick is is when you can go and you can take who you are at your core. And turn that up to 10, you know, turn that up to 11, as they say. And why am I blanking on the movie right now? Uh, Spinal, this is Spinal Tap, Uh, you know, turn it up to 11. And so that's always usually, I mean, that's 90% of the time, how you're going to get the best one. And I mean, you have have to be confident. If you're not confident, the fans are going to see right through it and they're going to eat you alive. And I've definitely seen some people that happen to, um, you know, watching them and just not quite sure about how far they want to go with it. And the fans just, yeah, they're done. Yeah. You, got, you have to be confident out there. You really do. Here's, here's and, the way I noticed too, though, in the wrestling entertainment business. Some gimmicks, they're entertaining, but, they're, but their wrestling's awful. You got to be a good wrestler. But you gotta have that character too. So, well, give me an example there with that one. The Undertaker. I you don't mean, think he's, he... an interest, he's an interesting character, but he can wrestle. He can. Okay, he, he can do both. Yeah, he can. He can wrestle and have this cool character. Sure. Now, if you're and after you lack one, I think you might be able to make up for one and not be able to make up for one. So, with rest, if you have the wrestling, but you don't have the character. You might be able to make it up. You might you might be okay. You might be. I don't know if that's the case because I know right now Cody Rhodes. I don't know what his character is. It might just be him up eleven. But he I think wrestle. that's what it is. Yeah, and I mean he was. I think he was state champ when he was like he was a. You know he's a shooter. He like he he wrestled in high school I think, and uh, I think he won state if I'm not not mistaken. But um, I mean, yeah, and if you are not, you don't have a good 
you know, gimmick or character, or you're not very good at wrestling, you should try to do whichever one other one is like good as you can and have whoever you're wrestling against make sure that they're helping you do that. Yeah. Like so with, I also uh, think it's vice versa, you're screwed. So if you have a good, if you're entertaining and yeah. you have a good character, like a pirate themed, whatever, or Adam Rose, where he did the party, I thought it was a cool character. I wanted to be a Rosebud. Okay. He couldn't really wrestle. As far as what? He couldn't wrestle. Like, like he could probably, it was probably management's fault, mate, because they didn't give him a good people like jobbers or whoever, or like local people, maybe. But yeah. He couldn't, he got low play, he got low television time. He got lots of, you know, people knew him, like he hit a party foul and you're done. But with him, he he just couldn't get to it. It was just, there was nothing special about his wrestling abilities. Do you think that he wasn't connecting with the fans during the matches or is his uh, wrestling like, what he's doing in ring was just not entertaining. It was entertaining, but it just wasn't anything special. The Undertaker was special because he could choke slam you, hop fly off the top rope. His was just ordinary, like, okay, I've seen this plenty of times. So what so then is it wild moves like that make it entertaining for you? Or well, is I it think if you have everything? If you can adapt to every wrestling style, because there's a lot of wrestling styles, like sure. The, 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 the dirty, the show-off, high-flying. The Undertaker had them all. He had the high-flying, where he would fly is, over the top rope, yeah. choke slam you. He would give you the big boot, attack you, or he could put you in a submission. If you have all in one, you're good to go. Yeah, well, so what if... So I mean, see, it's someone who is uh, a good, good in the ring, but doesn't have a very good character. You might be okay. You might be okay. Do you have any examples of that? Well, I mean, John Cena. I mean, I don't, well, John Cena is not one of my particular favorites. He's just not my cup of tea. But you know, because you don't drink tea. If, if he was right. your Literally. your cup of Dr Pepper. That yeah, maybe I guess what you can call it that or water, but his <laughs> his his issue is his character is great and I bet it's up him up to him but he can't wrestle so that's my opinion on one of my face that's kind of a poor example so like I say you just need to have that character you need to have the good wrestling abilities and the charm I think too because. Management also has to like you. Sure. That's that's a big, big thing. Pretty important. They're the ones, yeah. Um, you know, calling some of the shots. So yeah, they better like you. And so do you watch any old stuff at all? Or are you more into what is on uh on WWE now, or well, that's, would you that's go back and... I mean, I like some old television series. I'm not a movie guy in particular. I'll do some well, movies here and there, but I'm a television... I mean, wrestling. I'm a television series guy. 
about wrestling though? Wrestling, you watch old, yeah, old some wrestling? television series, but there's also some just regular television series. My favorite television series includes comedy. So a lot of what, like Wayne to Laugh and Practical Jokers, Jackass. Oh yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, that was man, Jackass, that was um crazy stuff. It's crazy how long ago that was. Um but now yeah, they have all the episodes now on uh on Paramount Plus or I think probably YouTube too, but probably yeah, it's cool getting to watch those uh again that I haven't seen since I was in high school. Well, I find it funny they came back and th- I thought initially they would tone it down a little bit. They did not tone it down. That was the same jackass that I saw when I first saw Jackass 2.5. Which, what do you remember from Jackass 2.5? Well, I mainly remember um, um, just the interviews and the behind the scenes. And I thought that was kind of cool while they're doing certain stunts from the movies. I think they kind of carried their movie, their TV series stunts of Brahm into the movie. Some, not all, but some. And that was kind of another poor example. I think Jackass 3, it was just the same. They thought, like, I thought they would tone it down. It would kind of be old school. And be more mature, but I was wrong. They had the same old humor. They had the same, same dumb mindset. And there's a serious side of why I like that series. The producer Johnny, not the producer, the director Johnny Knoxville, or sure. the group itself, while they're idiots sometimes and they do some really dumb stunts, there's a the serious side is they seem accepting of all human beings. Like they don't care where you came from. They don't care about your size. They don't care about your weight. They don't care about anything about how you look. You can come in. It's a seems like a very inclusive environment. Yeah. And, you know, they've always been that way. And it's kind of, it's interesting. Uh, I, this is a off topic, but I mean, I, I felt like, you know, the Gen X or whatever you call, you know, them and stuff like that like it was really like i don't care like everyone's cool like you're cool as long as you're cool with me and like you know and yeah they're always they got you know anyone is as inclusive if if you're cool with them and i always like that i think that's pretty pretty rad and a yeah, good I, way to I, and i wish though we've had more groups like that because there's a lot of people in high school a lot of people would think if there's something wrong with them physically or mentally, you know, because you don't have a chance with them. They think that you're weird, you're idiotic, you're not worthy of being in our group. And that's not fair to determine that based on looks or personality because you're not a nice person. It's fair judging on the personality, but not because they have a difference of maybe... I mean, a sensory meltdown, something that they neurologically sure. can't help. Now, they're just being mean. Yeah, I would throw them out of the group too, but not because of a physical or mental reason. Yeah. And so, I mean, once you, you said, once you got your confidence, when you said you were, I want to say 15 or 16. Is, like, did that kind of change? And you're just like, I don't really need these people anyway. I, you know, you're getting a lot more people that were like, you were attracting 
other people. You were and people were attracted to you in a different sense. And then yeah, and I'm grateful that that happened. But if it didn't happen, it would have been the same thing because, in my opinion, my time frame was part of the mindset was all right. I waited for opportunities to socialize for 15 years. I truly have waited. I've been patient enough. I can't do it anymore. So if you're not going to give me opportunities, I'm going to I'm going to take I'm going to take them, make them for myself, which sure. I did, and I made friends because of it. And so, uh, so one more thing I wanted to get back into. So behind you, I see there is a guitar of some sort. Uh, yep. Do you Not play the guitar? It's a decoration for my studio. We just need to find time to hang it up. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, you don't. You don't play any music. No, but I love listening to it. Love listening to rock and roll music. Love some country because definitely a country boy at heart. So some country music's good. Sure. I, mean, I don't like pop. It's my least favorite, but I think some are good. I'm not going to deny it. But then I also yeah. like rap and music you hear in a club. So do you ever go to the club? Uh, well, I'm 20. Okay. So well, there's some 18. There yet, but we're getting there. Okay. Oh, something there. I can't mention is one of our sponsors is a nightclub, actually. Yep. And his son is on the autism spectrum. So we had a winter concert there. So they agreed to turn their head when I kind of came in, if that makes any sense. So yeah. kind of my first bar experience. And I'd been to like places before where they had bar, but there was also food and a restaurant. This is like my first full bar experience. But I wouldn't ask for a better first time bar experience because it was also an event at that at that place, Bluebird, which was the winter concert for Autism Rocks and Rolls. And what was cool was in the Midwest, we have a local rock band like Michigan, Indiana, Illinois, Kentucky. They are, it's called the Hairbangers Ball. Local rock band. They go around the Midwest. And the cool part was they offered me an opportunity to sing a rock song with them, be the play oh. the lead singer. And it was my song of choice was Highway to Hell by ACDC. Cool. All right. Uh, so you got up there. I mean, did you think 14-year-old you would have gone up there oh, and no. grabbed oh, a mic? No, no, and no. He, would, he would be like shaking singing. the moment he would step on that stage and he'd be like, living easy, uh, living free. It'd be a robot voice. But now I can add the emotion, dance around. And I tried karaoke on that, my favorite show, which was The Destin. And that was at my point, I was low self-esteem. And that song didn't work for me, but I was also partially nervous. I didn't want to admit it, but I was afraid of getting judged for this, my voice. But after that confidence, I was like, all right, when it comes to performing or when it comes to having fun, screw it. The way I perform is my way. If I get booed, I get booed. Yep. And But you know what? If you get booed, that means you have people that care enough that uh, they're booing you. If you got if you got crickets, then you, you know you're not doing something right. If you get people that are booing you, you're doing something okay too. So, um, yeah. and that's I mean, that, I, and my issue is, I would automatically think, oh, I can play a wrestling villain. This is perfect. I could go like, you know, like taunt and boo them back. Sure. And why not? Why uh, not? Let's have, let's have a little fun. Yeah, I mean, so have you ever thought about uh, starting an ACDC cover band or something or going out and maybe doing some 
some shows living the the rock and roll lifestyle for a bit yeah i thought of it here and there but it was definitely like an idea but i, I think when i got that podcast it hit that thundercast hit the media club it took yeah. it took all over it so I, cool. my priorities have kind of changed a little bit hey, and not wrong with that you know go with what's working um so i have one one, one other little question so you're uh, in Indiana. Have you ever been to Skyline Chili? Skyline Chili? Yeah, they do Cincinnati Chili. Where is that at? Uh, there's one in Indianapolis. There might be some more around Indiana, but it's I'll, like I'll it's look a, into that. I am not. I don't think, but okay. I'll definitely um, take a peek at that. It's interesting. It's uh, it's not chili kind of how you think it up chili, but um, and then yeah, uh, yeah, I went I went through there. Few, or I guess like six months ago, I drove through there and uh, had to stop and grab some of that. But um, so you got how often are you doing your podcast, the uh, oh, autism I, rocks and rolls? Well, I do something with it every day, and that includes trying to find new guests. But then there are some days where I have to make notes or like have like somewhat of a script. I mean, I elaborate some, and some it's like through this, but. There's some of it that I will type just because I need to mention it. And then I like, have like days where I record and days where I need to edit. And it's not a start to balance with college, but I can manage it. Um, so, okay. Yeah. So then are you releasing like maybe a couple of week or something? Every 13 days. So count the first cool. published day. So like today would be a day. Let's count today as one, for example, count 13 days from that. That's your next published day. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's easy. And I'm, and I'm not, and it's not a published day today. I'm just making up an example. Right. Um, okay. And then, so I guess to, to bring it back here. So uh, how are people going to listen to your podcast? How are they going to find your nonprofit? How are they going to find out? How are they going to find you? How are they going to find you? I guess. The well, they can question. find my website, autismrocksrolls.com. That's something, but I'm on your favorite media platform, Pandora, YouTube, Spotify, Podme. If you think I'm there, I'm probably there. And just Google Autism Rocks and Rolls. Something will pop up. Beautiful. And then, um, and then yeah, you can find anything you need there. Um, so is it uh, your website was autismrocksandrolls.com you said com or dot org? Yep. Dot com. Dot com. Okay. All right. And uh, yeah. So man. Uh, I'm happy we got to talk and got to meet you. And maybe maybe next time we'll talk 24 hours straight for about wrestling. If you wanna, you wanna do that, man. Hey, I'll be happy to do that anytime, man. I <laughs> I drove my parents crazy with it, so it'd be kind of nice to do and not drive someone crazy for a, a while. <laughs> sure, yeah, man. I have a I have another podcast. I have a wrestling podcast um, with a buddy, and maybe I'll maybe I'll get you on there. That'd be That'd be cool. Uh, that'd, I think be that'd be awesome, man. I, I definitely been on a couple of wrestling podcasts, so definitely know my, you know, knowledge of wrestling for sure. Sure. Okay. Well, hey, uh, Sam, man, uh, dude, thanks, man. And I'll get this out to you, and you can do whatever you want with it, man. And uh, stay in touch. It'd be be cool. And I'll get a hold of you about the wrestling podcast when I get some dates together here. All right, dude. Sounds great. All right, cool. Yeah, have a good rest of your day.
All right, yo, that's that's what's going on. That's how we do. That was Sam Mitchell. And I I guess I'm gonna go and I'm gonna get to the the end, go back to the share screen. We'll start this over, we'll play out with some outro music, and we'll we'll call it a day here. So um yeah, I won't say the end. I guess I'll say it at the very end. So I'll play this. It's Rusty Diamond, motherfucker. And that's the show, man.